The business journey for today's guest has taken him from the farm to being awarded internationally as the best of the best. He has been on both sides of the fence, being a building supplies company group manager and a construction company business owner. Learn why he thinks margin management is a fundamental skill and why putting customer experience at the center of everything you do is critical. Create significant and sustained growth. Learn the importance of self and team development and the power of brand. Our guest is Mike O'Megan, owner of GJ Gardner, Franklin Papakura. Hey Mike, welcome along to the podcast, great to have you here. Thanks Ryan, good to be here. So let's go uh, fast facts so the audience can get to know you a little bit uh, little bit more. Yep. Uh, are you a breakfast or a dinner guy? Uh, dinner. Yeah? Yep. And what would you love on your plate? Oh, probably big steak. Yeah, yeah, big nice. steak. Yeah, nice. Definitely. So, haven't watched Game Changers yet? No, not yet. <laughs> yeah, don't think yeah, I will. Maybe, maybe stay away. Um, on holiday, would we uh, see you bungee jumping or lying on the pool lounger? Yeah, a bit of both actually. Yeah, yep, yeah, 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 bit of bit of action going on holiday and also relaxing too. Yeah, yeah so always try to build that into your into yep. your mix. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yep. nice. Yeah, bit of both. Any uh, holiday must do something you've done previously like that was a something that was a good good adventure? Uh, oh, must do's. Oh, if I can near water, so surfing if possible and, and diving. Mm-hmm. If that's not possible, then obviously try and get into a theme park or water park or some sort of theme park to a mm-hmm. roller coaster or, or big yep. slide. Yep. Nice. Yeah. Where's the best diving spot you've been? Well, uh, Tonga actually. Yeah, it was the best best diving spot. Yeah, on the outer islands. Yeah, did quite a few dives out there. That's probably the best best one so far. From from what perspective? Oh, just the fish, the colour of the yeah. fish, clearness of the water, yeah, the visibility. Yeah, it was pretty amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Tropical fish are amazing. It looks yeah. like they, I always think they look like someone's picked them up and hand painted them and yeah. put them back in the water. Yeah, they're yeah, uh, no, phenomenal. Pretty pretty amazing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, when you're reading, are you a real book guy or you're a Kindle electronic? No, real book. Yeah, old, yeah. old school. Yeah. Do you write write in the margins? No, no, don't write in the margins. <laughs> not before they go back to the library anyway. No. no yeah. Definitely not. And cats or dogs? Uh, dogs. Good answer. We yeah. can keep going. And are you an early riser or a night owl? No, night owl. Yeah, yeah, not good in the mornings. Yeah, yeah. not yet, not your flavour. No, oh, it's okay. But yeah, yeah, yeah best times at Definitely. night time. Nice, yeah. nice. Entertainment-wise, would we likely find you watching a thriller or a comedy? Again, a bit of both, really. Yeah, yeah, it depends on the mood. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I love, love thrillers, but also good comedy. Yeah. Is also very good. So Mike, we're keen to hear some of your insights uh, as a business owner firstly, uh, also some insights into uh, being a business owner in the construction mm-hmm. industry. Yeah. But when you were when you were little, when you were a schoolboy, what did you uh, think you'd end up doing? Uh, being a dairy farmer actually. Yeah. You lived up the road from a dairy farm down in Bunnythorpe just out of Palmerston North and, and uh, and, uh, yeah, Bunnythorpe? Bunnythorpe, yes. Is, is that a real yes, name? That's a real name. <laughs> that is a real yeah, name, okay. Yeah, that's a real name, just out of Palmy, probably 15 months out of Palmerston North. Uh, and worked on the farm all the time, you know, um, milking cows, driving tractors, motorbikes, and I think it's probably more the tractors, motorbikes that, you know, spun my wheels. Yeah. Uh, yeah, left school actually, went to be a dairy farmer, did mm-hmm. that for a couple of years. And, Decided that it's not for me. Yeah, and why not? Why did you decide it wasn't for you? Well, seven days a week. Um, yeah, yeah hard yards. One, one weekend off a month, and friends were all out surfing and you know all doing all sorts of other things, and you're, you're locked on the farm. So yeah, right. yeah. So decided that that wasn't wasn't my cup of tea, and, and uh, moved on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what was your journey to becoming a an, an owner at GJ Gardner? Um, a long well, a long journey. I actually left uh, farming to go and work at. Farmlands. I did that for nearly 10 years. Uh, then went to Kiwi Dairy Company, and then there was a lot of restructuring going on in the dairy industry at that time, and decided to get out. And it had been 15 odd years, and I thought I need to try something different. So came to Auckland, which didn't really want to want to do, to be to be fair at the time, uh, and uh, and went to start work at placemakers. So that sort of brought me into the building industry and and uh, introduction to GJ Gunners uh, th- through there. Looked after them as a, as a national right. account manager. 
um, and a group business development manager through there. Um, and uh, yeah, then basically the opportunity came up to, to, uh, to get a franchise. Okay. And had you always had a, a secret ambition to be a business owner? Or was it just something kind of evolved over, over time? Um, yeah, interesting enough, when I was at school, I always wanted to be a, be a builder. But in business ownership, yeah, so it's probably more evolved over time. You know, corporate world was where I saw myself, um, you know, no, no set, sort of set level, but just saw myself being in the corporate world and then yes. had enough of that after... Um, yeah, after a few years and decided, yep, it's time to get out there and put my money where my mouth is and, mm-hmm. and uh, actually own my own business, right. charge my own destiny. Mm-hmm. And how old were you when you started with GJ? Uh, 40, um, 41. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We talk a lot about the uh, rule of 43 here at The Breakthrough, yep. where uh, often people that have been involved in corporate, they get to about that age of 43, so you're an early starter, Mike, well yep. done. Yep. Um, and people are sort of doing that decision point of going, well, I either now choose the corporate career path and stick in that zone, or I, I, I go down the business route, and I've got some runway left. I've got some time to build a business and, and yep. try to make it make it successful. But yeah, okay. And who in your business career do you think's influenced you the most? Well, the most. Yeah, it's a hard question. That one. There's been so many uh, different people actually. At the moment, you know, I've got Grant and Ali Porteous who who own GJ Gardens, so a lot of influence there, and and a lot of you know good guidance and and, and uh, help from those two with the business. There's also people inside GJs that have you know been there for years, twenty odd years, running franchises. Just got a wealth of knowledge I've got some old bosses you know that have been good and bad one taught me a really good thing about margin management but the way he dealt with customers was actually quite shocking right. uh, so he has influenced me both from the good way about how to manage margin and, and profits but when it comes to mm. uh, how he looked out to customers, I thought you know he was pretty average. And there's been a couple of other bosses I've had too that you know you just look at the way they manage people and learned a lot from them what, what not to do. Right, mm. right. And tell us about the margin management. What was your learning there? Uh, well, basically, when I was working back at Farmlands, had a boss there who who was great around margin management. Just learned how to uh, buying better and all that type of thing, and just how you keep hold of that margin, not trade that away. And uh, that was a big learning. Never been taught that before. Right. You know, you, if you tweak your margins, you know, just ever so slightly on products, then over the course of the year, sales you make on that, you know, what what that comes out at net profit at the end is actually quite staggering. Just by even half a percent, yeah, can make sure. a, a big difference in, in your bottom sure. bottom bottom line profit. And I think there's a a serious misconception around construction that he runs working on these massive margins and these huge profit I think we uh, you know from owning a business and we at the breakthrough know from dealing with so many construction businesses that actually those margins are very very tight yeah. and if you don't have good margin management you can easily go from a project that looked like it was going to be quite profitable to one that uh, um, can cause you a loss and the and the percentage points involved in that the difference is actually pretty slim yeah yeah, no, yeah, it's very important now from yeah, like say construction industry background. Right. Retail probably wasn't as important as per product, but when you're dealing with one product being every house is the same same mm. product in essence. You know, mm. you're building a house, the margin management is, is really, really crucial. So you've been on uh, both sides of the customer-supplier relationship when you used to be at Placemakers, now Placemakers and, and other companies are a supplier to you. Yeah. Um, how do you think about the balance of margin management, making sure you're getting the best price from your suppliers, but also the relationship piece that goes goes along with that? Yeah, I'd say most suppliers would say I'm pretty tough, um, a bit tough but fair. So I expect my uh, pound of flesh from the suppliers in regards to what they deliver. But uh, then I'm very, very loyal. So I've got a supplier or subby that um, you know we've got a great relationship with. I, I don't change very, yes. very easily at all, very loyal mm-hmm. to them. But um, yeah, yes, still expect. So you won't just jump around for price, but you expect a yeah. good value for yeah. what they're delivering. Yeah, I expect, expect them to deliver a good value. And we, in my mind, we set those when we talk and meet. And um, if they don't live up to that, then we'll have a chat and, and try and work those things out. Right. 
It's very rare we'll change a supplier right. uh, or subby, um, mm-hmm. but it's normally done after you know at least one or two conversations with them, yep. and sometimes more. Right. Mm. Okay. Mm. What have been the highlights for you of owning a construction company? Highlights, I think, um, well, first of all, is, is obviously um, being in charge of your own destiny. So, you know, make your own decisions, just get on and get, get things done. It's been great not having to answer to um, many powers to be, which in corporate you can have four or five different bosses you've got to report to or discuss things with. Sure. Um, the team of people, you know, managing a team of people um, has been a big step up for me and, and still learning and probably still will learn for while I'm in business. Um, but I've seen some great people come through the business and some great people still working for me after you know, eight or nine years. So it's great to have those people in those relationships. Yeah, so, so let, let us dig into that a little bit, the, the managing a, a team. Mm-hmm. Um, what have you what have you learnt on the way through? How do you approach managing a team now, maybe versus differently to how you were earlier in your business career? Jeez, how long have we got? Um, yeah, I've, I've learnt heaps. Um, probably the, the, the biggest thing I've learnt, operate at that level above the, the urgent versus the, you know, urgent versus the important. So, and that's taken me a long time to, to learn. Um, I'm a sort of a doer, you know, I get yes. out there and get things done and, and I want to be involved and things. So for me to take that next step up is, is difficult. Um, and uh, But I've, yeah, over the last couple of years, I think I've come a long way in, in doing that and the business has been a lot more successful. Um, and that's not from a profit point of view, but just the culture inside the business sure. and the way the team operate together. So yeah, I think um, you've seen those people come through, seeing the younger people come through, and um, you know we help a lot with training um, and that type of thing. So we'll pay people to do more training, whether it's just a you know one or two day course, right through to people we've got going through construction management, and they've got a four year degree. They're trying to get more, we'll help them with that as well. Nick, our accountant, you know, we've helped yes. him get through his um, his chartered accountancy thing as well. So yeah, it's good to see those people come along and grow themselves, whether it's through that sort of training or even just professionally see them grow and become different people over the years as as they get you know get better at what they do mm. Mm. so how do you as a someone who's a doer uh, you realize that you did need to work higher in the business work more on uh, important things around strategy and partnerships and uh, uh, those kind of kind of things how did you uh, check yourself or evolve when you're like, oh, I'm a doer, I just want to get involved with that. It can be tough to go, actually, now I need a team that I can delegate to and have them do that. How do, how do you think about that uh, mindset shift? Um, I think it's just gradually happened over time. As we've talked about, that Breakthrough Group here long been um, teaching us that for, for a number of uh, years. And uh, But for me, I'm a slow learner. Um, and for me, it just, it, just, it just takes time. And, and I think trust is the big thing. You've got to trust the people that, that are working for you. And, and uh, yeah, and I think the team we've got, the management team, the leadership team we've got in the business at the moment is, is exceptional. You know, they're doing a great job. And uh, the catalyst, I think, last year was for me when I had both my knees um, replaced and I was out of action for, for three months. So, you know, not really in the business, even I was by, by phone or email. And the team just got on and got things done. And uh, that was sort of the catalyst when I came back t- to make sure I didn't jump into the things yes. I was jumping into before and let the team manage the way they wanted to manage mm. the things and, and trust that they were going to deliver on it. So um, yeah. so it's ha- having those weekly catch-ups with the team, making sure that you know we're going through the key um, operational issues each week and making sure that the targets were set or, or the goals were set are being delivered on. And when they're not, obviously dealing with what's caused those issues and then dealing with those. But again, it's every week making sure, have you, is this done, is this done, is this done? And, and uh, nine times 
from the team when they're done and business flows really, really well. Mm. Mm. Amazing. And Mike, uh, you've won uh, Global Franchisee of the Year at GJ Gardner, and some of our, our uh, listeners may not understand that GJ uh, is actually a global organisation. It's in how many how many countries? Uh, it's only in two, two, so more it's Australia and the US, basically. Yeah, yeah. So, so and plus New Zealand, yeah, so New kind Zealand. of three, so yeah. and some pretty big uh, players, and you've, you've won Global Franchisee of the Year. Yeah, they call it International Franchise of the Year. We won that um, year before last. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that was a pretty big year. So, um, and again, that's, that's driven on a number of factors. But um, yeah, I'd say the business has certainly got better since then as well, actually. So um, I don't sort of, after it's done, you know, me, once it's, it's, it's over, it's, let's move on to the next year. And, and uh, the challenge is to pick that award up again. In the business, we've sort of, sort of changed that. That's not the key driver for us anymore. The key driver is around that, those customer service and customer satisfaction results. Mm-hmm. And, and also at the moment, it's around team engagement. You know, so we've, we did that survey for us last year, which gave us some great insights into yes. into um, engagement of our team, and it was actually very high, yes. um, which which was great. But there's still quite a few areas in there that we we can improve on. So mm. for the next 12 months, rather than focusing on it being coming international franchise year, we're focusing around customer service, you know, team engagement, and we believe that if we get those two things things nailed and, and you know, extremely yeah. well, then the international franchise there will, will hopefully flow through after it. Sure. Yeah. And uh, any business that puts customer experience at the centre of what they're trying to achieve, of course, everything flows into customer experience and then uh, it creates uh, great experiences for customers. They do recommendations, they do referrals, they, they uh, want to tell everyone else about how great their experience was, so it drives that sales piece again and just keeps, yeah. that virtual cycle keeps playing out, right? Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Okay. So if a a uh, young construction company owner was coming to you and uh, you said, right, I can, I can kind of give them three gems of advice about uh, what you've learned from your journey and what they should focus on and think about in developing and growing their construction business. What do you think you'd, you'd say to them? Whew. Jeez, that's a hard question. Three things. Um, I think um, employing the right people would be focus and be really clear about your employment strategy. What are you looking for the business to be? And employ those employ those people, but also employ them for probably two to three years out where you think the business is going to be in two to three years' time. Mm. So when you're planning your um, people recruitment, you're going, uh, it's not just about filling the job I've got right now, but where might the business be in two or three years' time? Yep. What capability will I need? Yep. Can this person evolve into that kind of, kind of yep. role? Yeah, kind of role. Also, you know, what, what's their long-term aspirations? Are they, are they looking to take a higher role in the business can we help them with that? Can we help them with training? And, and um, you know, we prefer to train them and keep them. But at the end of the day, if they leave to better opportunities, that's also good. Yeah. yeah so, um, but yeah, so people, people is the key thing. Um, I think um, yeah, setting that culture inside the business is really key too. What, what, what's the purpose of the business? What, and, and that also helps, in my view, set, set the culture. So, you know, what's the culture? And for us, it's around customer satisfaction. Everything's got to drive back to that. Like in every business, we, we, we're good in some parts and, sure. and, and not good in other parts, or we're good in some parts and then we fall off that, you know, become not so good. In it. So, that's a real challenge. So, yeah, mm. the culture of, of the business around customer satisfaction. The third thing, um, I think the third, third thing would be to uh, sit back and, and, and have, a, have a look at things, and that's, again, not a, not a strength of mine, so I'm not saying I do that, but um, that's probably something I probably should do and, and recommend. Yeah, it's a, it's a work, on, work on Mike. Uh, yeah, it's probably going to be a work on for a, for a long time. Yeah, yeah, and look, I think that's um, your DNA. It's kind of the way you're, you're built. Uh, you, you're very future, future thinking. You don't tend to take a lot of time to stop and reflect and see what you've achieved. Uh, we've been very fortunate in the breakthrough here to be part of your your journey um, over 
seven or eight, nine, ten years, ten probably years, now, yeah, ten, ten years. Just yeah. um, been, and we've seen you evolve uh, massively as an individual, massively as a as a business leader, and then we've seen that uh, transpire in the results that you've achieved in your in your business, and it's been a uh, a lot of it has been dedication from yourself and, and focus. Um, but we're we're still having you with a couple of work ons, aren't we? No, exactly. <laughs> yeah, got to give you something to do. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's all good. If I said uh, you've got a million dollars and you've got to spend it in your business tomorrow, what do you think you'd use oh, it for? In the business. In uh, the business. Cheapest. Okay, I, I was thinking a holiday to Europe and, and well, a big party actually was. was okay. um, but that could still do in the business. Well, let's talk about that. Where would the party be? I'll be in Europe somewhere, but uh, yeah, so I'm um, not sure with the virus that's just poking around, they really want to travel there, but mm. uh, yeah, if I had a million dollars, it'd be yeah, go away, family, friends, yep. and enjoy it, you know, yep. perhaps go to some sort of concert somewhere or, you know, yeah. and uh, just have, have a good time. You know, who's who's the um, ultimate band for you? Oh, I've got many actually, but uh, probably what favourites would be, be Foo Fighters, get really yeah. good good backstage passes, yeah, etc. Yeah, yeah. yeah, uh, and, and have a look, but uh, in the business, a million dollars in the business. Um, I'll, I'll probably for for me would be giving giving something back to the to the to the staff, you know, and put it out to them. What, yep. what if we had a day to spend it? What mm-hmm. what would we do with it? Mm-hmm. You know, um, and try and get try and get some input from mm-hmm. them. You know, I, I love your altruistic view of helping the team out, Mike. And I know you do a lot of things around the team. But yep. um, would would we spend it on sales and marketing? Um, would we do it? Would we spend it on internal process development? Would we be uh, spending it on more training and upskilling type yeah. thing? You know, where 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 do you think? Well, based on where the business is at the moment, um, you know, pr- process um, is always. Because many many parts to our business, like many businesses, there are and your process be certainly somewhere we, we spend it on and, and go back get someone to come in and go back through our uh, our documentation and make sure it's all all up to, up to speed and and, and do that. Um, training the staff is, is is also key. So we you know we yeah. we chat quite a you know work out what we could do for training for, for mm. the team and, and put mm. put that into them as well. Which you already do commit a lot of your yeah. your yeah. resource and time yeah. around around that. Yeah. And again, it all drives back towards that customer experience piece, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Okay, you you mentioned culture. Mm-hmm. What does culture mean to you? That's a hard question. I mean, we get, get asked that many times. What's the culture inside your business? And and um, I can never really put a clear definition on. From being totally honest, culture is really how how the team, um, I, I suppose, behave. Really, um, you know how how they behave when they with customers or internally with staff, with subbies, and, and the whole business really. And uh, if the culture inside the team is a good culture, I b- believe that then the interaction. Outside with everybody, by they're interacting with internally, externally, is going to going to be good interaction. And, and I think you know we've uh, we've been working hard on our culture over over the years, and still got got work to do. But uh, I think um, always culture is never that once and done thing, right? It is a continuous evolution that kind of ebbs and flows, and you need to yeah. you know put more and less effort in depending on what's what's going on. What's but going, it's something constant yeah. constant effort now. Yeah. yeah, and and culture and, and part, you know and different parts of our business can be different things all the time as well, depending on what's going on and and. Uh, yeah, so I, th- I think um, yeah, it's a hard question to ask, but I think the culture inside our business is, is, is good. It's not great, but it's good. And I don't mean that from uh, the, the team is at fault for, for not that culture not being where it needs to be, but I think there's some work we can do there. You know, we've done a lot of work on values over the last couple of years and, and getting the team aligned to those values and recruiting on those values um, and also holding people accountable to those values, which is, which is a constant thing. You've got to keep reminding yourself as well when you're yes. talking to people and I think you know those values do install the culture as well but it t- does take a long time to install that it's not something you can have a couple of sessions on with the team and, and it 
instantly the culture in the business has changed. It's something that's, it's always a work on for the, for the leadership team, and um, and I think it's something that always evolves as well. Mm. Like the culture of the business is or was five years ago is different today, and will probably be different in, in another five years' time as well. Sure. Yeah. And I think uh, owners, senior leaders, they set the framework for culture. They have to live the culture themselves, but ultimately culture is everybody's responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we know from our work with our active management program that actually having your frontline managers that are working with your team who are then directly connected with your customers, they have to be on board with the culture and they have to have the skills yeah. they need around to, to deliver that. Yeah. Right. And you're right, yeah, for my, my role inside the business is to hold people accountable to making sure they're delivering on what our customer services, which, which does come back to the culture, and, and unfortunately, when you know someone's not living the same values we've got, then it's sort of a, you know, getting them on board, um, and hopefully quickly, or you know, unfortunately having other conversations with them because yeah. it only takes one person inside the business, and it can obviously destroy the culture quite quickly. And, and we've had that unfortunately, mm. um, and uh, certainly don't want to go back back there again. Absolutely. Mm. Uh, now you're part of GJ Gardner, uh, easily one of New Zealand's most recognised brands and one of the most trusted brands from independent survey research, etc. Mm-hmm. What's it meant to you to be aligned with the GJ brand? GJ for me is, is, is a long going thing because I first got into it back when I was at, at um, Placemakers, yes. obviously. Um, and Grant Porteous, who, who is the owner of GJ's New Zealand, Grant used to work at Placemakers, so when I got there, obviously, you know, um, touch base with them then. And um, so, yeah, the GJ uh, brand is pretty important. Any, any, I think any brand, any, when, you, when you're working for them, you know, is, is very, very important. But um, the great thing about GJ's is, you know, just the, the franchises that got right right around the country, and you can pick up the phone, call any of them anytime, and, and they'll discuss what's going on. You know, you can discuss what's right. going on in your business, what can we help, and I think that's, that's really, really important. The brand's just the icing on the cake, basically. For me, it's about who you're working with and the other franchises that can help you through things that are going on. A lot of why our business is so successful, I've just I've just gone and copied what the successful franchises have done in the past. Sure. And blatantly just, well, how have you done this, how have you done that, and, and, and just adopted it, really. Mm. Um, so a lot of the credit to how our business has gone is really due to um, you know, other GJ franchises. Mm. Mm. And I'm sure equally you've shared your knowledge and what you've experienced with others, so I guess that's a good thing of being part of a, a tribe, as we would call it, mm. that you help each other out and, and do what you need to do. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Uh, business comes with plenty of challenge. Um, so I've got a couple of questions for you. One is, tell us about a time when you felt very challenged in the business and how you dealt with it. And then I'd be interested to know how you balance the the mental challenge with you know your own health and well-being. So give us give us an example of a time you felt very challenged in the in the business. I mean, there's been many of those actually. So trying to pick one that's um, that is is the is the best one would probably be uh, at uh, last year uh, or year before actually. We had a huge number of houses under construction, and um, and the structure inside the business wasn't really set up set up for from a personnel point of view, and and just the, the amount of amount of resources that we need to, to actually get get through these. So um, yeah, that was that was very try, trying times. So put a lot of pressure on the business and, and myself. Um, and uh, how do we get get through it? Um, really, just coming back and, and looking at where are we falling down, and and it was um, not having the people in the right roles, and then just going back and basically re um, strategizing around that. And what do we need to do? Who do we need to bring in? And, and um, how can we do it? You know, qu- quickly so we can get the business back on track. Right. Yeah. 
Mm. Okay. Yep. So really looking at uh, capacity and capability again, yep. uh, and sometimes you can't solve those challenges overnight. But again, when you look for your people plan, look to go, how does it help us for the short term? But then how do we make sure maybe we don't get in the situation again yep. or try to yep. at least minimize the likelihood of the situation yeah. again? Yeah. And it all comes down to experience, um, unfortunately, because um, if you don't know what you don't know until, until you find out. <laughs> um, so and, and you found out you know, we had some shortcomings in the business. But um, I suppose the hardest thing is, is also uh, acknowledging that you, you, you've made some mistakes and I made quite a few mistakes. And, um, and, and you know, just the way things were set up and didn't have the right structure and support for the team to actually really really deliver on what, what we wanted to. So right. I have to put that squarely on my shoulders and, and I learnt a lot from that, but uh, you know, sometimes it's quite quite bruising to the ego to, to know that you've uh, not done as well as, as you could have. Mm. Yeah, mm. yep, okay. And uh, how do you personally deal with the um, mental challenge, the stress of, of being a business owner and you've got, you know, you've got a significant team, you've got some very demanding customers, uh, you've got significant dollars at risk with uh, land and projects un, under the go, you know, it could be, uh, I'm sure many people look at it and go, wow, I just don't know how you cope on a, on a week-to-week basis. How do you try to deal with your mental well-being? I'm not sure either, really. Tequila's, tequila comes in quite <laughs> handy. Um, no, but all seriousness, I think it's the big thing, the coping is, is exercise and, and, um, and trying to eat well. And again, it's not one of my strengths. And with the knees being replaced last year, it's sort of, uh, I've used that as an excuse not to do as much exercise as I should. Talking to people, I think, is really, really important. Um, and sometimes I probably you know talk to too many people, which can can be confusing because you get many different different answers. Um, but yeah, um, it's talking to people and exercise, making sure you're looking after yourself and and um, doing things that you like doing. Like I try and do quite a bit of surfing and, and get away quite a bit just to get out and play the drums and mm-hmm. and uh, and we play a bit of music and that, that's quite a good good stress relief as well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So maybe a slot with the Foo Fighters as their drummer? Would that, how would that be? Oh, that would be awesome. Yeah, yeah I'd love to do that. Yeah. yeah, that would be absolutely awesome. I've seen it on YouTube when guys being pulled out of the crowd and, and oh, really? plays a song with wow. Foo Fighters. Yeah, so that would that would be awesome. Absolutely mm. awesome. Okay, yeah. on the bucket list. Yep, yeah, definitely. Good one. Now, Mike, not a lot uh, matters in life, but what matters matters a lot. What matters to you? Um, again, the, the three things that you push as a breakthrough group, it's, it's uh, health, first of all, and um, you know family and friends. Yep, and that's really what it boils down to at the end, the end of the day. Yep. yep. Everything else after that is, is, is a bonus, but mm-hmm. uh, those three things are, you know, got good balance, good mm-hmm. health, your family and friends are well, and, you, and you've got, you know, um, support of your family and friends, that's 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 key. Yep, mm. yep, spot on. And uh, if you were to give some advice to your 20-year-old self, what advice do you think you'd give? Uh, not to take life so seriously. Mm. Yeah, that's uh, that's what, what. How are you going with that? Oh, some days are good. Mm. And how do you how do you try to do that? So how do you try to not take things so seriously? As I say to my daughter, actually, sometimes you know, are you, are you gonna is that gonna you're gonna die from that? You know, it's a bit, bit extreme, but um, it hits the. Oh, that's a good reference point. Uh, it hits 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 the nail right on the head. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, what's the worst thing that's really going to happen mm. if this if this plays out? Yeah. You know, it's not life or death situation. So that that's the that's first first thing, and uh, after that, you just have to work through it and 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 try and come out with the best outcome that you can, really, for, depending on the situation. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that uh, framework we've used a little bit. We go look at the current uh, situation, problem issue you're facing. How important will it be in a week? Yeah. How important will it be in a month? How yeah. important will it be in six months, in a year, in a couple of years? Yeah. And yeah. when you give it some of that distance of time, you kind of go, "Oh, actually, probably this thing won't be too too challenging." Yeah, yeah, and uh, it's amazing when you, you know first start in the business, you're you're watching every every uh, penny as you do. You know? 
I was saying pennies, you know, pennies look after themselves. Or I can't remember what that saying is, yep. but basically, you know, and, and now when, when you've got the business has, has gotten larger, some of those things you stressed about before, you don't even really worry about mm. these other things that come into it. So, sure. Like, so, yeah, you know, different, different level of challenge. Yeah, different level of challenge, different okay. level of, of, of issues. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. And uh, when you're building a house for someone, it can be a very uh, personal uh, experience for them as the new homeowner, and it's kind of like their possibly their biggest asset they'll ever ever purchase. Um, I'm sure you've got many a customer that has uh, gone, um, this is just just amazing, it's been brilliant. You don't win International Franchise of the Year if you're not doing a great job for your customers. But come on, share us a, share us a couple of stories of um, customers that have maybe been a little over pedantic with things in their, uh, in their builds. Yeah, no, yeah, you get get those, but in in the, the day they've got an expectation, and it's just how do we meet that expectation? Some of them are a little bit can be a little bit unreasonable, um, but I'm sure that's the same in the industry with cu- customers. I'm sure some of my subby suppliers think I'm unreasonable as well at, at times. <laughs> There's a small possibility yeah. that might have happened, Mike. But um, so um, yeah, it's really just um, you know the biggest thing is trying to understand those expectations as early as you can. Um, not not at the end of the build because that makes it a lot more difficult to, to sort them out. Um, and by that stage, if their expectations aren't met, then then, then obviously they're not very happy customers, which sure. is not what we want. So, I think yeah, the key thing for us is really understanding where expectations are and, and try and, and then try and personalise. Our, our purpose that we've got for our business is to create unexpected value for every client. Right. Um, and uh, we we you know we talk about that all the time inside the business, and that can be th- such as taking them a co- cup of coffee one morning because you know they've had a bad morning and you're meeting them on site. Some of our guys um, help them shift furniture on it with their own trailers, and some of them have mowed their lawns for them because they're not shifting in for 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 a couple of weeks. So they'll go around and use their own personal lawnmower and mow the lawns for them, Brilliant. which is, which is pretty pretty good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we've we've had a, had a few few clients you know over the years, and, and we and we still will fortunately that uh, our expectations won't won't meet. And the key thing for us is really how, how do we uh, overcome that um, so um, everybody you know gets what they want. Mm. Mm. I feel like you gave me the beautiful uh, politician's answer there, Mike. I was looking for some juicy stories about uh, what customers expect, but clearly you're not going to uh, share those with us. Um, oh, we, we've, yeah, said we've had some customers that their expectations are, are unreasonable, um, and I could I could sit here for hours and, and, and t- tell you stories in the day. It's yeah, you've uh, got to deal with them. We've got to deal with them, yeah, yeah. and we're the biggest house builder in New Zealand, and we really focus on customer mm. satisfaction and get the best outcome we can for both parties. Mm. Mm. Do you know how many uh, houses GJ is building across New Zealand in a year? Around? Uh, yep, yeah, basically we're running about fifteen hundred a, a year, roughly. Yeah. roughly. I think this well, uh, last year might have been around seventeen hundred, but this mm. year. Yeah, big, big numbers. So we're certainly yeah. the biggest in, in, in New Zealand, mm. and I think we're sort of um, double what our closest competitor is yeah, right. in, in the market. Wow. Yep. And with your uh, futurist crystal ball, what are you seeing in the housing market over the next five to ten years? Oh, the five ten years is a, is a hard hard one to predict. I think the next couple of years are still going to be very strong. Auckland, which is zero, I work in in South Auckland. Um, that's just going to keep growing. You know, if you're seeing seeing what the council and all the growth figures that are out there, you know, South Auckland's just going to keep growing. So for for us, the next five to ten years. It, Will we'll, we'll be strong. The rest, rest of the country, it's, it's difficult. I don't understand the sure. understand dynamics. The, the dynamics yeah. in each of those each of those yeah. areas. But I still think you know um, New Zealand housing market is, is a very strong investment to, to make for for people, whether it's families or, or investors. Um, and I, I still see the market yeah, continue to, to grow you know, mm. over the next you know, next five to ten years. At, you know, what what peaks and troughs in those five ten years? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I wish I did know because yeah. I'd yeah, be a lot, lot wealthier than I probably am now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. 
Uh, I guess we're still seeing those key drivers of population growth. Um, we've got that real lag of uh, houses that weren't built in, in Auckland over the last 10 years. So, you know, I feel like as a city, we're still playing catch up in those. We're still getting additional population growth so uh, those factors are always going to drive demand yeah. and then I guess the area you're in it has um, an availability of land supply which other areas don't so it yeah. makes for a pretty good uh, combination. Yeah it certainly does. Yeah. Yeah. Mike what are you most proud of in your business career? Well, proud of in the business career? Um, mm, good question as well. I, I'm not sure there's, there's one thing I, th I think it's the um, I think it's the the people uh, had working for me or got, got working for me and, and seeing the growth in those people. Probably the, the growth I sent, had in myself too. It's, it's not something as we talked about before that I sit back and reflect on too much, but um, you know, there's a lot of personal growth that I've had over, over the years as well. And, and um, certainly has been. Again, not saying I've got plenty of work still to do, but I think you know um, that's been quite good. But, yeah, said the people inside the team. I mean, the, the people that work in the business, our subbies and and, um, and our suppliers, you know, and the way they look after us, you know, it's it's pretty amazing. We've got some great relationships out there with the subbies and somebody working for us since we started ten years ago, and, and um, we've still got great relationships with them. Um, and I think I think the third thing is um, being able to give back to the community. And we, we've started on that. You know, we'll be doing it for a while, but we've really invested quite quite heavily in that in the last a couple of years. You know, with Big Buddy, we did a house from yes. two years or two years ago, and that was a, you know raised about one hundred and thirty to one hundred thirty odd thousand. We just finished one for them recently, one hundred and ten thousand. Wow. Um, and again, that's come back from our subbies and suppliers, you know, donating their time and and, and product and, and services to, to, to helping you know, certain charities. You know, mm. we we, um, we work a lot with a local Papakura High School, and and do uh, scholarships for the, for their um, people that are, that are wanting to get into trades or into universities for other roles. And we support a lot of the other other you know sports sports clubs and schools in the local area. And I think that's that's really been able to give back to the community that supports us. You know, um, well, has has been quite a big achievement and, and something you know. I know I'm proud of and I know our team is as well. Mm. Okay, final question. Who's the best person to own a construction business? Someone that comes from a construction background or someone who comes from a business background? Jeez, that's a tricky question. Um, and I'm going to sit on the fence and say either, really. So from a builder point of view, you know, they can learn the, the business side of it and do that well and also from the person that's a business person can also learn the building side of it but like like in anything if you don't know what you don't know you bring the people in that know that stuff so you know I've got lots of people around me that got massive lots of building knowledge because that's not a strength of mine um, and uh, that, that's what I hire them for to come in and sort that stuff out for me so Brilliant. And Mike, you've done such a great job of uh, answering these questions like a politician. I feel like your destiny is like at least mayor of Papakura or something after after Juju. No, no, actually. No, no definitely. Politics not of interest? No, no, definitely not. No, not at all. No, I think after GJ will be uh, be, be re retirement, basically. We'll see right. retirement to retirement. So you'll just be going from uh, great surf break to great dive spot to the occasional music stage with the Foo Fighters? Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, that would be awesome. Sounds that pretty good. Awesome. Thanks Mike, Thanks. appreciate you joining us. Cheers Ron. Thanks.